we've been talking in Matthew about the Great Commission, and we've been talking about this idea that we are to, wherever we are, make disciples. And for some of you, that might be knowing every ounce of scripture you know how to you got your all your apologetics down you got an answer for every question uh, and you you've got it down you are a learner and that's how you share your faith you do it through learning you do it through um, uh, 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 debating and apologetics and stuff others are believing learners and they do it just by putting a hand on someone's arm and going can I just pray for you right now now, I mean, you can do both, whatever. My point is, is that as we're pushing people towards Christ, there's this two-pronged thing. In our journey in Christ, we're believers and we're learners. That's what a disciple is. It's a believing learner or a learning believer. And so how do you believe more? You learn more. How do you learn more? Well, you believe and you put it into practice. And you go, man, that is absolutely true. I believed it. I put it into practice. And so you're, you're constantly going back and forth with that. And that's really what we've been talking about. And so this morning, as, I've been, as I was going through the Great Commission, uh, this week I was planning on combining those two, talking about making disciples, and we were going to talk about baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And then the next part right after that is teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And so I was going to combine those two and talk about what it means to be a disciple. But as I began to do uh, more study on the, on the baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I really felt God impressing upon my heart to stop there and to just teach you about baptism. Now, some of you have been Christians for a very, very long time, and you'll go, I wish you had told me that before because I could be watching the game right now. I know everything there is to know about baptism. Well, you do not. Okay, so anyway, uh, so you just be patient and you've been baptized. And here's the thing. If you've been baptized, you can sit there guilt-free. Like, oh yeah, I've already applied everything in this message, so I don't need to listen. Okay, so that's where we're going. But uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about where, where, has, where, where do we get this idea of baptism? What does the word mean, baptize? I mean, it kind of seems, I mean, if, if you don't know, maybe this is your first time in a church or uh, you're just starting to think, you know, should I be Buddhist? Should I be whatever? You're on this journey, this kind of spiritual journey. And that baptism might be kind of creepy, like, a, you know, you picture like me in a white robe and with someone else in a white robe. And I was, I was trying to get, I have that picture of, uh, which I, I love that picture, by the way. Um, of Jesus coming up out of the water. But every th- I was on the internet trying to find pictures of baptism, and they're just creepy. I mean, they, you know, like, you know, the, you know it, it is. It's like, it looks like kind of like cultish or whatever. And so it's like, and, and then different denominations believe different things. I mean, some believe that you are, you are not a, you will not go to heaven unless you're baptized. Others believe, if you're really he- into heavy, like, uh, dispensationalists and stuff, that you don't need forget baptism okay and so i wanted to just teach a little bit on it where is it from why is it important why do we do it and then hopefully my 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 prayer this week is that for anyone here who has not been baptized you will do it okay so let's talk about that baptism it says uh go ahead to the great commission then jesus came to them and said all authority in heaven and earth 
has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. What we talked about th- uh, two weeks ago was this idea of all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Jesus is saying, listen, I'm the one in charge. And we, we talked a little bit about this. You know, parents, you do this sometimes. You say, at least I do. I bought the house. I bought all your clothes. I bought all your food. I took you into the world. I take you out, you know, the whole thing. Therefore, and I give them a command, clean their room. I establish my authority, and then I give the command, okay? This is what Jesus is doing. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, what do we do? We go and we make disciples. And then we taught last week that the word go really translated from the Greek, the verb tense is having gone. In other words, wherever you are, that's where you make disciples. And so we had an example of it right here where Kathy was saying, look, having gotten that job at the public school, what am I supposed to do? Make disciples. Okay, and we talked about that last week. So now we get into, well, that's great, Jesus. Uh, I can go, uh, having gone, having gotten that job, having, having bought that house, having lived in that neighborhood, I make disciples. How do you do that? And it's a two-fold process to make a believing follower. One is you baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is a, it, it's a command. Don't get to that slide yet. Sorry, Nate. Uh, it's a command. Okay? And so we get to this word baptize, and we go, well, what is that word? Where did it come from? What, what is it? Well, baptize is essentially a Greek word that we've adopted into our English language. It's baptizo. That's the Greek word. And we took it and we made it baptize. Okay? The true definition of baptize is to immerse, to dip, to cleanse. That is what it means. So it's very important that when we read the Bible, we understand the mindset, we understand the original intent of those who wrote the Bible so we don't take things out of context and apply things we shouldn't apply and don't apply things we should apply. It's just to immerse. And, and so I'll give you an example. Uh, if you were to, um, uh, if you read in Luke, I think I wrote it down here. Luke um, yeah, Luke chapter 11, verse 38. Do you remember when Jesus was with the Pharisees and he didn't wash his hands? And so the Pharisee saw this and he goes, why, why didn't you wash your hands? He says this, when the Pharisee saw it, he was surprised that Jesus had not first ceremonially washed before the meal. If you took out your Greek New Testament and you opened it up and there's all the Greek words and you were reading along, it would say, when the Pharisee saw this, he was surprised that he had not first baptizoed his hands, baptized his hands. It just means to immerse, to cleanse with water. Okay, it's the same word, but it's translated washed here, but we make it super fancy by translating it baptized. You see what I'm saying? I'll give you another example. Let's say you live in the time when Jesus lived, and you're Greek. You've grown up Greek. Your parents are Greek. You have a W-W-A-D, what would Apollos do, bracelet, you know, you, you are Greek, you got the Greek God, Zeus, all of it, you believe it, and you're hanging around all these Jews, and they begin to talk to you, and they begin to say, you know, I don't get your Apollos, Zeus thing, why are they always fighting, I mean, these, these things don't make any, any sense, 
you know, let me tell you about the one true God. And so the Jewish people would be telling them about how they were taken out of Egypt and all this kind of stuff. And if you were a Greek, you'd go, you know what? I, I, I want to start following that God. That Jew would give you three things to do. The first is, if you're a man, to be circumcised. Sorry. Glad we're under the age of grace, right? No matter what your age, 60 years old, you come to God you, through the Jewish faith, they go, up. Oh, you got to be circumcised. Sorry, some of you guys, you know, uncomfortable, whatever, but that's just, that was one of the things. The second thing is you would, you would have a ceremonial washing. And the third thing is you'd sacrifice an animal, okay? Those three things was how you took someone from a Gentile and brought them into the Jewish thing. So you'd go home, you'd say, honey, I've been listening to my, uh, you know, my friend Matthias. I mean, I'm really thinking about this Jewish thing. And she says, what do you got to do? And he, well, he wrote it down for me. The first thing is, be, I have to be circumcised. She's like, oh, oh, you know, right? And so the second thing is, he wrote it down. I have to go through this ceremonial washing. That Greek word that would be on his little list of things to do would be baptizo. It was common then. So, so what happens is when we get to John the Baptist, he's just John the Washer, John the Immerser, John the Dipper, okay? All right? It, it, wasn't, it wasn't this magical thing. It was just, there was an idea. He was preaching a, a, a word of repentance, and they all understood you know what? I'm going to go down for this ceremonial washing. And the whole idea was you get dipped into the water and you're old, your sin, everything, you're clean and you come up a new person, newly committed to follow God. Okay? So, so this is what was going on. This is why the Pharisees, when they talked to John the Baptist, didn't go, what are you doing? Right? They were asking him, by what authority are you doing ceremonial washings? They didn't say, hey, this guy's a cult leader. He's doing uh, the ceremonial washings we've never even seen before. They would, have, they would have killed him, right? They wanted to know by what authority was he doing it. You see that? Okay. So that's how we come to this word baptize. That's how we come to this idea. Now, why do we do it now? I'm going to give you three reasons this morning uh, that hopefully will kind of uh, shed some light uh, that it's not just a ritual, okay? It's not just uh, uh, something we can say, well, you know, we're not really into baptizing anymore. It was for then, okay? The The first reason is it's a command, You are commanded, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are commanded to be baptized. Okay, first of all, without baptism, we couldn't accomplish the Great Commission, which is what? A command. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, right? Therefore, make disciples. Well, how do we do that? Baptism. Baptism is the first part because baptism has to do with belief. And then teaching them to obey everything we've commanded has to do with learning, okay? And then we just apply it. We apply what our, we we believe what we learn, we apply it. We, we, you see what I'm saying? It's just a vicious cycle. And so, so we are commanded after we believe to go through this, this uh, idea of a ceremonial washing, to be immersed, 
to, ha- to have this idea, this, this, this image of, of being dead and rising again. This is why it's so awesome. See, sometimes we go opposite. See, Jesus actually died and rose again. And so for people who understand the idea of baptism, they already knew it was a death and resurrection. And so to have Jesus do it, it's fantastic. He fulfilled that image. You see, he gave it a new meaning. And he's commanded us to do the same. He's commanded us to be baptized. When Peter, uh, at the day of Pentecost, um, they're up in a room and they're praying and the Holy Spirit comes and they start speaking in tongues, you know. And, and, and then we had the first church split, right? There. No, I'm kidding, right? Okay, so, so they start speaking in tongues and uh, the Holy Spirit comes with, you know, fire and it's awesome. And so people are freaking out. They're hearing them speak in their own language and they're, they're like, this is crazy. And so Peter begins to preach the first gospel sermon. And, and, and what he does is he commands them to repent and be baptized. He says this, Peter said to them, repent, And each one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And they didn't all go, wait, what is this new thing of which you speak? They all knew it. Yes, I'm going to to be washed, be immersed, and to put my seal of approval on, on this belief. This, uh, of who I'm going to follow, okay? So it's a command. So Peter commands him. He says, repent, each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm just going to sidetrack for just a little bit because we get confused a lot of times on this idea of when do we get the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to be baptized by the, uh, in the Holy Spirit? Remember, it just means immersed in the Holy Spirit. Like what, what happens, all this kind of stuff. And some people teach that when you're baptized is when you receive the Holy Spirit. You must be baptized in order to receive the Holy Spirit. And so I just real quickly, I'm going to address that. That's not the case, okay? And how we know it's not the case is a cell phone will ring. Yeah, okay, there we go. Fantastic. No, okay. So um, I just love doing that. Um, all right, so in Acts chapter 10, verse 47, I just want to read this very quickly so that we don't get confused and then we can get back on to uh, where we are. Acts chapter 10, uh, verse 47. Uh, okay, so what happened is Peter shows up and there's a bunch of Gentiles that are, that are wanting to be baptized now. Okay? Now, why do Gentiles want to be baptized? Because they want to go through this ceremonial washing so that they can be identified with Jesus. Okay? When John the Baptist did it, they were being identified with John the Baptist in that teaching. Now they want to be identified with Jesus. And some of the Jews were going, uh-uh, mm-mm. Because you could imagine all this rich Jewish history, now Jesus comes along and there's another ceremonial washing. You can imagine the confusion. And here's what Peter says. Peter says, can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? In other words, how come you guys aren't allowing them to be baptized? And watch what he says after this. He says, they have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized. They already had the Holy Spirit. Now Peter is commanding, go get baptized. Okay. So just in case you grew up in a place where they believe that you, you don't receive the Holy Spirit until you're baptized, it's, not, it's just not the case. Okay. And we'll see some other examples, but I just wanted to kind of bring that out uh, so you can understand. It's a command. It's a command. Jesus was, com- did you know Jesus was commanded to be baptized? 
right? Jesus didn't do anything and didn't say anything unless the Heavenly Father told him to say it or do it. And what does he do? He gets baptized. He gets baptized under John the Baptist who Jesus created. <laughs> Figure that out. So that's, that's the obedience by which Jesus lived his life. Jesus didn't need to be baptized for salvation. He didn't need to be baptized to receive the Holy Spirit, okay? He was God, and yet he did it. He, he did it as an example for us, okay? So that's, that's the first thing is that it's a command, and it is a command, and there's no way around it. I just want us to understand that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. He wants you baptized. You say, well, why? What, what, what is it about that? Well, the next thing, besides it being a command, it's a connection. This is vitally important. There is something that happens in the supernatural when you're baptized. Do you freak out and start speaking in tongues? Maybe. I don't know. It just all depends. Uh, we haven't had that happen in one of the baptisms I've done, but... That's probably my fault, okay? No, I don't know. I mean, but we, again, like I said before, when you obey, this is so important, guys. When you obey, you allow the Holy Spirit to operate in your life, okay? And, and baptism is an act of obedience. And for some of you, you might be there going, man, I'm 78 years old. I've been a Christian all my life. I've never gotten baptized. There is no way I'm going to be baptized now. You are not obeying God's word. Okay? Even having been a Christian all this time. Okay? It's very important. So there's this connection. Well, what are we connected to? Well, one, we're connected to Jesus. Jesus modeled it for us. That he went and he baptized. And matter of fact, John, if you, when you read the story, he comes up to John and says, hey, I'm ready to get baptized. And John's going, dude, you, how about we reverse this? You baptize me. And Jesus says, no, 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 it needs to be done to fulfill all righteousness. And so we get connected with that act of obedience when when we do it. The second thing we're connected to is the early church. Listen, so vitally important. There's no other model in Scripture for someone coming to Christ other than repentance and baptism. Baptism is the outward display of saying, guess what I just did? I accepted Jesus. It's an outward display of of an inward decision. See, in our culture today, in America, we're all into the individual, okay? We all love to make our own decisions, and this, what I believe is for me, and that's the whole thing. That is not a biblical Christianity. Keeping your belief to yourself is not biblical. Having gone, make disciples, And so part of that is this idea of this public declaration. And so the only model we have, and I just wrote down a few of them that I want to go over real quick. Philip, uh, we met Philip last week when he um, preached the gospel to the eunuch. I don't know what the deal is. Circumcision, eunuch, I don't know. The Bible, you should read your Bible. There's some pretty hefty stuff in there. Okay, so uh, Acts chapter 8, verse 12. But when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom, they were baptized. They believed and they were baptized, men and women alike, it says in Acts chapter 8, verse 12. Verse 13, even Simon Philip himself, or not, uh, even Simon, not, not, not Peter, even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued with Philip. Cornelius' house in Acts chapter 10, they all heard the word, they believed it, the Spirit fell, they were baptized. Okay, The jailer's house, remember when Paul was in jail, the Philippian jailer 
uh, came to Christ. And well, here's what happened. All heard the gospel. All were baptized. Chapter 18, the house of Crispus. 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 Christmas. It's Crispus. Why don't we name our kids Crispus anymore? I'd like you to meet my son, Crispus. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Uh, the, uh, the house of Crispus. All believed. All were baptized. Right? Uh, Lydia. All were, all, they all heard. They all believed. They all baptized. Stephanus. Uh, uh, they heard. They believed. They were baptized. This is the biblical model of salvation. It's not to raise your hand, put it down, and go, I made my decision for Christ. There's a public declaration that happens during baptism that must take place. To be saved? No. No. Not to be saved. You confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus, that if you confess with your mouth that uh, uh, Jesus is a Christ and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved, okay? So, but but it, there's, a, there's another level of allowing God's spirit to flow through you when you publicly declare your faith in Jesus Christ. I can't stress this enough. Following Jesus is public. And there's this connection to the early church that risked their lives when they were baptized. And that, that going on and on and on throughout history, millions and millions and billions of people who've put their faith in Jesus Christ that have publicly declared, I am doing this as a declaration of me following Christ forever. I've died in Christ and I'm raised to walk in newness of life. There's a connection with that early church. And the other thing is there's a connection with each other. When we have these baptism uh, services here and, and, and you hear uh, the testimonies there's something in our spirit that goes, yes, that's exactly what happened to me. And some people are ashamed of their testimony because it's not exciting. You know, there's like in the church, sometimes there's these like testimony wars like, well, I killed 17 people and then I came to Christ. And it's like, really? I just came to Christ. Oh, man. Yeah, I, got, I just used to lie. No, there's no conversion there, right? No. See, it doesn't make any difference. It's all the common thread that puts us together. We, before Christ, this is what our lives were like. They were empty. They were lost. We had no hope. Whether we killed people or just didn't kill people, that's where we were. And then Christ came and changed us. And now, this is what my life is like. There's a connection. And the only way you, I'm connected with you and you're connected with me is when I hear your story. And when I see, yeah, that person's following Jesus. There's a connection there. It's important. I want to read just real quickly in Acts chapter 19, um, verse 1. This great story. What, what's happened is John the Baptist has preached. And just like anything else, John the Baptist is preaching. People are getting baptized. And then they're leaving. They're going off. You know, they, their, their house is in Ephesus or their house is here or there. They just happen to be uh, around uh, Jerusalem. And so there, that's where, you know, wherever. They were walking through the wilderness, saw John the Baptist, got baptized. And now they're off. And what was happening was people would get baptized under John the Baptist. They'd hear this message of the Messiah. And then that's the gospel they'd preach. And so they'd go into their city. Man, the Messiah's coming. You know, and he's going he's gonna, to uh, uh, come with a winnowing fork in his hand and I got baptized by John the Baptist and this is what was going on. And so there were some guys in Ephesus who had been baptized by John the Baptist, went into Ephesus and that's the good news they were preaching 
And Paul walks in and goes, hey guys, what's up? That's essentially what he said, right? What are you guys doing? And they're like, oh man, we're preaching. Here's, 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 how, here's how it goes down. So in chapter 19, verse 1, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, this is so key, listen, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? In other words, Paul was seeing something that was missing. And this, I love their answer. See, you talk about belief and learning, right? They had something to learn. They answered, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. (laughs) I love that. Holy Spirit? I didn't even know there was one. Now watch, watch what Paul asked him. This is the question Paul asked him, okay? Set it up again. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. Paul asked this question. Then what baptism did you receive? What baptism did you receive? See, what, what were you baptized into? What, 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 what are you, what's going on? You didn't receive the Holy Spirit. Well, you must have been ceremonially washed into something that wasn't the complete picture. They, John's baptism, they replied. And Paul said, John's baptism, baptism was a baptism, or John's immersion or cleansing was a cleansing of repentance, an immersion of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus Christ. And so he tells them, listen, you're missing a key element. You're out here preaching about John the Baptist, but the guy John the Baptist was talking about is already there, and now his disciples are baptizing people. So what do they do? On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Same pattern. You believe and you're baptized. And there's this connection that happens with Jesus and the early church and each other that happens when you obey the command of baptism. You're connected. Okay? And there's something that that happens miraculously. Right? It goes on. They were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. And so sometimes we get so caught up in the prophesy and the tongues and all that kind of stuff. Here's the point. The Holy Spirit showed up and manifested himself. The scriptures tell us that to each one of us is given a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The word there just means appearance. In other words, when you obey in baptism, something happens. The Holy Spirit does a work. Now, is it, are you going to freak out and start speaking in tongues? I wouldn't call that freaking out anyway. I feel comfortable with that or prophesying or whatever. I don't know. Are you going to, it said, uh, when you read about the um, Ethiopian eunuch, after they come out of the water, Philip gets zapped up. Remember we read that last week? And it says the, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch went away rejoicing. That was his manifestation of the Holy Spirit. God had just infused him with a supernatural sense of joy. You see that? That's what happens when we obey. The, the, the last thing that happens, uh, the reason uh, we get baptized, is uh, it's a commitment It's a command, it's a connection, and it's a commitment. You are saying, it's very, very important. You are saying, I'm going to follow Jesus forever. When I 
when I baptize people, someone writes on their flap, I would like to be baptized, I ask for a testimony from everybody. You have to email it to me because I've got to read through it to make sure that you're not saying, I want to be baptized because I'm going to Vegas and I think I'll do well in the craps table, okay? I have to know why it is you want to be baptized. Is it a good luck charm or what, what's the deal? And so I'm looking for two things. I'm looking for one, that they realize that I'm a sinner, and that Jesus died for my sins, and, and I'm dead. Uh, I want to die to my old life, and I want to come up renewed, okay? That, that there's an idea that you know you're a sinner and that, you're accepting, that you've accepted Christ as your Savior. The second thing I'm looking for is a declaration of commitment to Christ. I am going, from this point forward, I am following Christ forever. Because here's the thing, guys. We can't say we want to be obedient to Christ if we're not willing to obey in this one step. So we can sit in church all we want. We can learn all we want and and say, you know, I'm going to follow Christ. Well, why don't you get baptized? Well, I don't know. I mean, it just kind of seems like, you know, things are pretty good for me. You know, it's worked out. I'm saved. Yes, you are saved. But I would submit to you, and I think the scriptures would submit to you, that you are missing out on something a work of the Holy Spirit happening in your life. It's vitally important that happens. And so you make this commitment. And I mean, think about that. I mean, for, for these people where this word was written to say, I'm going to follow the guy you just killed for the rest of my life, very difficult. That, that public declaration came at a cost for a lot of people. And throughout history, we've seen that public declaration comes with a cost. And even today, depending on what country you're in, that public declaration comes at a cost. It's a commitment. It's not just some ceremony thing that we do to check off a list. It's supernatural. It's a command of God. See, God knows this. He says, if you want to make disciples... These believing learners, these people that are truly going to follow me, here's what you do. First and foremost, after they believe in the gospel, you baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's number one. That is a declaration. Because I can't tell if anyone's come to Christ unless they publicly stand up and say, guess what? I'm a sinner. I'm saved by grace through what Christ did on the cross. And I'm here to say, I'm going to follow him forever. And I go, wow. Okay, it's a public display of what's happened internally. Now here, here's, here's, here's my thing this morning. Some of you may, may have already been baptized and you're like, you know, you know, I don't know, right? Some of you may have been baptized as a baby, maybe, well, you know, uh, as an infant. And um, depending on what denomination you've come a- up through or whatever, And you want to say, you know what? Bump that. That was great for my parents, but I want to make a public declaration. Get baptized. Get baptized. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're 99 years old. You're like, I got two more days to live. One of them, make it to be baptized. Something happens. There's a work of the Holy Spirit. So that wasn't the example I had written down, but uh, right? (laughs) Do it. Because here's the thing, guys, is we don't get baptized for one of three reasons, three or four. One is we're just ignorant. We just don't even know. We don't, oh, like now we, oh, okay, I didn't realize it was that important. I think I'm going to do that. The second reason is pride. 
The second reason is pride. I'm not going to be getting in my bathing suit and going back there and talking to all these people. I don't even like these people, right? <laughs> it's pride. See, it's an act, uh, to, to be baptized is an act of humbling yourself, right? You are saying, I, I can't do it. I, I, I want to die to myself. But when we refuse to get baptized because we think it might be a little uncomfortable, what message are we sending? You see what I'm saying? Again, it's not a matter of salvation. It's a matter of obedience. Okay, the other reason is indifference. John, I've been a Christian ever since I was this big. I didn't get baptized. My life is fine. I know more scripture than you. I probably obey more than you. So there you go. That's dangerous to be indifferent about baptism. That's why I wanted to stop and teach on it. Because it's so important. It's not a ritual. It's not a legalistic thing. There's some, there's some, you have to answer this question. Why did Jesus command it? Why? Because it's important. Do I understand all the ramifications of it? No, but I know this. It's important and he commanded it. And so we, we either we're ignorant or we're indifferent or, or we're prideful or we're just scared. It just makes me nervous. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to share I, I don't know. I just I feel uncomfortable. Bust through that. Because if you can't share your testimony in church, where are you going to share it for crying out loud? This is like the safest place in the world. Everyone applauds when you're done. Okay, how, how difficult is that? Right? Because we all have that connection. <laughs> 